At this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. And there's four ways that you can give here at New Hope Church. We have our, our church app. We have our online giving. We also have many of you write checks. And so you can still write your checks and send them to our church office here at 840 Kupalau Road, Hilo, Hawaii. And we also have text to give where you text NHC to that number below. And it allows you to set up a profile so that you can continuously give here at New Hope. And you know what's amazing is that throughout these last few months, you've heard how many times where God is doing great things in this season as because of you. It's because we get to partner with God that even, yes, in this season, maybe perhaps even more so, we get to be the church and his body. And so we're going to pray for the tithes and offerings this morning. So would you bow your heads as we pray? Lord, we come before you right now. And Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. That, Lord, you are our unstoppable God. And even in this season, you're not done yet. You're continuously reaching out to those far from you. And Lord, right now, as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so knowing that, Lord, we get to partner with you in your plan to reach those who are lost. And so, Lord, I pray that you bless the heart of those who give and let them know that what they're doing right now has eternal rewards because, Lord, you take it, you multiply it so that lives can be changed. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you. And we look forward to what you're going to continue to do, not just in our lives, but in the lives of all of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Sheldon is actually starting a brand new series. So if you haven't already, get your notes out because it's going to be a great one. Thank you, Pastor Ben. We are continuing in our, well, we're actually starting a brand new series today. And we're going to be talking about being a bridge builder or building bridges. And what God does is he shows us and gives us a blueprint on what that looks like. So if you are on our church online, you're going to see a place for notes. You can take that out and it will help you to follow along. And as we jump into this new series, it's going to help us to understand where we're at as well as how to continue to bridge those bridges or to bridge those relationships together because there's a gap there. And sometimes we don't know what's causing that. Well, today, hopefully, we'll gain some wisdom from the Word of God that will help us in that kind of way. We do want to greet all of you across the state of Hawaii, also in California, Arizona, and Colorado. We welcome you. Today, as we jump into this new series, I want to encourage you today to remember that not only did Jesus make it possible for us to have an eternal relationship with God, He also provides that blueprint on how to bridge the gap between differences. Relationships are made stronger or weaker depending on how well the bridge to connect them is made. It's always up to us how we're going to connect them. This past weekend, as Pastor Ben and Kat were talking about, we had our summer digital experience with our Foursquare uh, Next Gen. And was, some of your children were on that, or, or uh, we know some of our, our kids were uh, with that uh, the digital experience. But... There was one that I was a part of, and we were doing coloring and, and things like that. And I was asking the children, what is their favorite color? Now, some people, like normal, would say blue, purple. Some said yellow, green. But this one child said cyan, which is the C-Y-A-N, right? I think it's cayenne is the pepper, right? I, okay, cayenne is pepper. Okay, so it's cyan. It's a color. I'm an artist. I should know cyan. But when they said cyan, I was thinking... Who, who knows that color? And that being their favorite color. 
So we had fun with it. It gave us another opportunity to connect with one another because these are children ages 5 to 12. They're asking me, how old am I? Do I have a family? Am I married? All these questions. And just with that digital connection, we were able to at least get to know each other a little bit. But God also not just gives us ways to connect. He gives us the reasons to connect. And it all comes down to relationships. Left on our own, we burn bridges. But with God, he's going to teach us how to build them up. In the book of Isaiah, in fact, if you're reading your devotions with us, we go through the Bible in an entire year. We're in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 3 and 4 tells us that his delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. And this is speaking prophetically about Jesus Christ. But when the Bible talks about his delight is in the fear of the Lord, shouldn't that be our delight too? I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't our responsibility also be to delight in the Lord? Because when, we re, when our responsibility, and when we take on that responsibility to delight in the Lord, delight in fearing God, then he's going to take care of his responsibility to be the judge, to be the one that brings grace and truth. Now, we can do that with each other, bring grace and truth, but you know what God does very well? He does it with righteousness. We sometimes, we sometimes do it with emotion, or if we, we have a difference with someone, we bring in our own political views, our own values, our own system, we bring in our own perspective, and then that's when two opposing views clash and in that clashing moment the bridge is burnt abraham who is a man that we call the father of our faith if you read the bible he was the one that god promised that through you you're gonna have many descendants and through your seed my promise will come in other words god said to abraham you're going to be the one i'm going to use for this entire nation you're going to be the father of this nation this is what the Bible says about him in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. This is Abraham going into a place that he did not know of. He left his, his own homeland to a place he, did, he didn't even know where he was going. But what he did is follow God, and he had that faith. And when he looked to God as the foundation, as God being both architect and builder if you're a contractor or anyone who does construction very rarely will you have both in one the architect as well as the one building it you may find that but most of the time those are two different people god is both architect and builder in other words he architects our life he puts that together and then he also builds it and anyone who is an architect and builder working together it's almost seamless when it comes to the final result. When you have two different people, one architect doing this on paper, it looks good, but when you're building it, you're thinking, that's not going to work. So you have to modify some things. God is both builder and architect. So he's going to build our life, and he's going to be the one that brings all of the plans together. That's why we need a starting point. 
That's what I'm entitling today's message, the starting point. Because this year, 2020, this is a year for the record books. It's, it's a year for many people. They're like, this is a year to remember and a year to forget. 2020. We are past midway of 2020. But in this season, God is still doing great things. He hasn't changed even though the world has changed, even though we're going through so many changes. And because of that, he's still using us as his ambassadors to reach people. But how do we do that? How do we reach people when there are so many different views and different perspectives? How do we, how do we reach the people that God wants us to reach when they may not agree with us on so many different things? See, he wants us to remember that he wants us to be bridge builders rather than bridge destroyers so in this season we need more bridge builders too many bridges are being burnt right now especially in our very own homes see we can be bridge builders we can build bridges by removing all the obstacles that impede our relationship with god and we're going to look at a couple things that will help us here's the first thing if you want to write this down start with delighting in god start there we need some type of reference point to build a bridge. That's why delighting in God is a good reference point. Otherwise, we're going to start with emotion. We're going to start with perspective. We're going to start with what someone said. We're going to start with guilt. Someone puts us in a guilt trap, and then we say, well, yeah, I want to be a part of that. I'll go, I'll go with the flow. I'll go with the current of the world. Why? Because everybody's watching you. They're seeing what you're posting on social media. If you responded to this, but our reference point is not what's happening in the world. Our reference point, especially as believers, our reference point is not guilt. Our reference point is not social media. Our reference point should be delighting in God. And here's why. Psalm 37 verse 4 tells it like this. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, when we're delighting in Him, now that we're delighting in Him, His desires become our desires. And now we're delighting in him and now that desire that he has now becomes ours it's transferable delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart he does that in big ways and small ways sometimes in small ways i celebrate those too uh, this past week we had the summer digital experience so our grandchildren were over well friday we're like we don't want to cook we're tired so i said what if we do this heidi what if we ask the the, the grandchildren where do you want to eat so of course i asked them and i gave them different options i said hey do you want to eat this place this place this place or mcdonald's and they said oh oh let's go to mcdonald's i said okay let's let's go to mcdonald's then now we very rarely eat mcdonald's heidi and i uh i maybe eat mcdonald's three times a year maybe four so i'm thinking i i, I my go-to for mcdonald's is chicken mcnuggets and filet fish or sometimes a McChicken sandwich because the McChicken sandwich is just a huge chicken McNugget. So that, that's just my, I, I like that. So I, I put in my order with Heidi and Heidi puts in her order and we're all putting in our orders so that when we go to McDonald's, we're ready to go. And then, and then Heidi says, you know, I think I'm going to get a filet fish I said, oh, maybe I'll get that too. She goes, no, no, you, you can't. I'm getting that. Now, first of all, who put the rule together that we cannot in the same family, if they order something, we can't order that. I'm not eating your food. That's why I'm getting my own so that I don't take a bite of yours. So I ordered a 20-piece chicken McNuggets and, and, and a McChicken sandwich and then large fries and then 
you know, you need a large fries for on the way home, so we got three large fries. And then you have large fries. When you get there, you want to have the hot fudge sundae or the caramel sundae because you have fries and you want to have it with the sundae. So all of these complexities that go along with ordering from McDonald's. So we get to McDonald's, we go through the drive-thru, and we make our order, and I just say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to order a filet fish then you can have yours, and then you can repent later with Jesus because you didn't want me to have a filet fish And so I'm fine with that. So we get through the drive-thru, open up the bags, and what is in the bag? An extra filet fish <laughs> An extra! They added a filet fish by accident. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I was like, yeah! My Jesus got me. Now i got to run more miles, but that's, that's something else. In big ways and small ways, He gives us the desires of our hearts. Now, that's something small. Imagine the bigger things, the spiritual things, the, the, the relational things, our marriages, our families, that when we're delighting in Him, He gives us the, the desires of our hearts because now it's His desire. And we need to start there, especially if you're a believer. Now, I, I do not like washing dishes. Heidi and I grew up differently. She grew up where they scrubbed the sink before they washed dishes. Then they washed the dishes. And then they wiped the dishes and then they put away the dishes. I should have said she's Portuguese. That would, that would have settled everything. But that's, that's what they did. So when we got married, I'm trying to learn how they do these things. And sh she's now washing dishes like this, and I'm helping her. I'm thinking, why don't we just, why do you have to scrub the sink down every single time? Just scrub it, and it's clean because you're putting the, the, the dishes in the side that's clean already. But that's the way they did it. And why do you have to dry the dishes? Let it, let it dry by itself, and then you just put it away. You save time. But that's just how they did it. So I had to learn that way. But because I love Heidi and I value my life, I would change to that because that's a part of our marriage. I love her, so I want to cooperate and show value to her. Therefore, once in a while, I'll wash the dishes, wipe them, and put them away. So that when she comes to the kitchen, everything is clean. She doesn't have to worry about anything on the counter. Because I know some of you, one spoon on the counter, one tiny drip of shoyu or soy sauce, wherever you're from, if it's on the counter, that bothers you. I mean, you, you, it, it just, it irks you. Or if you wake up in the morning and there's dish, there are dishes in the sink, it, it just, that's it. That's like, yeah, the, the family is going to suffer because of that. So I understand that. So my goal and my heart, because I love Heidi, is to do my very best so that she enjoys her morning. Even though I don't like doing that. My starting point is delighting in the Lord and loving Heidi. Therefore, I'm going to do things I don't want to do because I love her. Our relationship with God is the very same way. We may not want to do certain things. You may not want to ask for forgiveness or or hold back a little bit so that our relationships can be built. We may not want to do that, but if I'm delighting in the Lord, then He's going to give me the desires of my heart, which really our desire is for relationships to be built, not burnt, because that's His desire. And we're going to be doing things that we really don't want to do, but because God wants us to do it, because it's for our good, and because we love Him and we delight in Him, we're going to do it. Why? Because we love Him. 
That's why our starting point needs to be delighting in the Lord. Then we'll be okay with doing things that our flesh doesn't want to. Devotions, prayer, humbling ourselves, putting others first, asking for forgiveness. I've always heard this scripture, and, and, and this was such a, a good foundation of delighting in the Lord, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. But this scripture is bookended by two other scriptures. See, we can implement this scripture into our lives, delight in the Lord, and he'll give us the desires of our hearts. But what happens when we, when we have opposing views with other people? Well, when we delight in the Lord, then he's going he's gonna to use that, and we're going to use that as our reference point so he can build us from there. And if that's our reference point, rather than proving our point with someone who has a different perspective, maybe politically or socially or, or even with movements that are happening, if our starting point is with God, then it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing because my reference point is God, not guilt or what everyone else is doing. And when this scripture is bookended by these two other scriptures, and I'll read it, it's in Psalm, well, obviously, Psalm 37.3 and 37.5. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And then verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. Most of the times we think we have to do it. We have to make things happen. And sure, there's a time and place for that. But what do you do when there are opposing views? What do you do when there are differences, when a bridge has been burnt? We start with God as our reference point. Delight in Him. You trust in the Lord. Do good. Keep doing good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. In other words, faithfulness doesn't just happen. You have to cultivate that. It becomes a culture in your life. You keep being faithful. And when you commit your ways to the Lord, you're not committing it to other people. It's to the Lord. And when you trust in Him, He's going to do it. The second thing that will help us in bridging these relationships together is to refuse to take offense. Refuse to take offense. That's, that's something that happens almost every day. We, we take on offenses. We be, we've become such sensitive people where small things now offend us. And there's no more room for discussion. We just automatically go towards the extreme of if there's difference in, in opinions, we don't, we, don't, we don't talk it through anymore. We just take on an offense and say, oh, you're, you're this person. Oh, this is who you are. That's your character. You made one mistake, so this is who you are. And people will identify us in that kind of way rather than being someone who says, God, I don't want to take on offenses. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to just jump from, if someone is having a difficult time with something, I just jump to racism. I just jump to, to you're a bigot. I just jump to, uh, you, you're, 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 a, you're a, such an a anti-God. So we keep jumping to those things, and relationships are cut right then and there. But if we're refusing to take offense, then we're able to keep relationships strong. Look at what happened to the people in Jesus' own hometown in Matthew chapter 13. They took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in, the, and in, his, in his own household. But watch this. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. 
So he goes to his own hometown where he grew up. People know him. They know who he is, and they're wondering, how can he be this wonderful person? Everybody's talking about doing miracles. He can't be the Son of God. He can't be this person. He cannot be the Messiah. And because of that, they took offense. To take offense means to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip and fall. That's what taking on an offense looks like. So taking on an offense blocks the way for miracles. Refusing to take offense opens the gates for miracles. See, getting offended and taking on an offense are two different things. Getting offended is someone purposefully attacking you or your character. Someone says you're a bad father or a mother or, or things like that, so you're, you're getting offended because of what they're saying. Taking on an offense means you purposefully, emotionally involve yourself. For instance, let's just say someone could have had a private conversation with me. And then in conversation, I'm talking to Heidi, who's my wife. I'm talking to her about it. And it's something as simple as, let's just say, Pastor Ben and I were talking story, and, and Pastor Ben said, oh, it's because you're old. That's why you're in pain. And then I say, yes, that's probably true. That's why I'm in pain right now. And then I have that conversation with Heidi. Oh, yeah, Pastor Ben and I were talking about, you know, I was limping the other day, and he said, oh, it's probably because of your age, and nothing big to me. I, I move on. But maybe Heidi, because she's my wife, wants to guard her husband and protect her husband, gets offended and says, how dare him speak of you in that kind of way? Why would he even speak of you like that? Almost sounded like Thor. Why would he even speak to you like that? Why would he even say that? That's so bad. Now Heidi takes on the offense and holds it. Now guess what happens when she sees Pastor Ben? She's looking at him like, you bad man. You're talking about my husband like that. Teen, old, you old. Like there's, a, there's, a, there's an offense that's there. And no miracles can take place. Now Pastor Ben and I, we're fine. We're, we have our relationship is strong. But now between her and him, there's conflict. It wasn't hers to take on. She took offense. And what happens in immaturity, when there's that, sometimes what she'll do, and someone, well, when they take on an offense, they'll go to that person and say, you know what, I have to have a talk with you. Okay, go ahead, what's up? Oh, I, I forgive you. You forgive me. Well, is everything okay? No, you said this uh, the other day about my husband, so I forgive you. Oh, okay. There's nothing there to forgive. If you take on an offense, you have to go to God and make that right. You have to go to God and say, God, forgive me for taking on an offense. It has nothing to do with the other person. If you take on an offense, even though you may go to that person and say, I forgive you, you're still carrying the offense. Because they didn't do anything to you. You just took it vicariously through someone else. And that's where we make the mistake and then we think we can just move on. But it's still there. Getting offended and taking on an offense are two different things. But in both situations, we can still refuse to take the offense. That's what Jesus did. Jesus refused. In fact, that's what was able to bring him here to this earth. It was his love for us that he refused to take on an offense. In fact, he loved. That's what he did. Love never fails. Let's model after Jesus by not taking on offenses, lest no miracles take place. And then the last thing, value relationship more than agreement. 
relationships are far more valuable than when we agree. Because we're going to have disagreements. We're going to constantly have disagreements. Heidi and I have disagreements all the time. And it's not my fault she's wrong half the time. I can't, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, she's somewhere around here. Just watch my back. I was just joking. Did you guys just get offended just now? Did you just tickle an offense? <laughs> Some of you are out there like, oh, I'm going to text her right now. She's probably listening outside. Oh, getting hot now. I'm sweating. But just think about it. If, if Heidi and I always had to agree in order for our relationship to be strong, when would that happen? Relationship is far more valuable than agreement. We're going to disagree. How do we live with one another even though we may disagree? No, Jesus said it like this, and this was his prayer in John chapter 17, verse 11. He says, I am no longer in the world, yet, and yet they themselves are in the world. He's speaking about us and the disciples. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name to the name which you, you have given me that they may be one even as we are. Jesus was talking about being unified, being in harmony, that even though you have differences here on this earth, even though in your family you're going to have differences, even though politically you're not going to agree, even though you may be voting for two different people this year, relationship is far more valuable. Relationship is key. That's why we're, we're looking for not the best-looking bridge, but the strongest bridge. You can paint the bridge, you can decorate it, you can make it look nice, but it doesn't matter what it looks like on the surface. What matters is the foundation of the bridge. Is it strong? Is it strong on your end to where you're going to build towards? Does it have that foundation to it? That's why when we talk about disciple someone, it's all about God being the best bridge inspector. When we disciple, we're able to let God come in and inspect what's happening in our hearts. That's why with discipling someone, and we're going to get more into that as the weeks go by, that God is helping us and we're going to disciple to build that personal connection to God so that the fruit of that is that we start telling stories about how God has been speaking to us or understanding the big picture that we're able to talk about and tell the full gospel of Jesus Christ in our own words or with our own mouths, understanding what the Bible is saying about the good news of Jesus Christ, that there's a change that happens from the inside out. This is what discipleship does, that we begin to not recognize ourselves in the mirror, that we're going through different changes spiritually and, and, and emotionally, we're maturing and God wants to help us with that, that we begin to develop a heart for the lost or we continue to have a heart for the lost, that we're telling about people we're praying for, that we're praying for those who are unsaved and we continuously do that because we're being discipled, that we surrender our whole entire life to God and nothing is off limits to Him. Relationship is so valuable to God that He came to die for it. Jesus will build the bridge all the way up until we take that last step. That's what he did. He's good at building bridges. It's up to us to cross over that bridge. And he'll show us the way. I want to pray with us. Uh, Jamie, you can come up to the keyboard. And I want us to pray about being bridge builders. Because he wants us to build those bridges. And in the upcoming weeks, we're going to learn how to do that even though we have opposing views. Even though people will say, you should be this and that and 
guilt may drive us. God is the best at building bridges. So let's turn to him. Lord God, today as we conclude, we, we want to keep our eyes on you, that we're going to start with you, delighting ourselves in you, because you will give us the desires of our hearts. And because of that, as we delight in you, now your desires become our desires. So help us to not take on offenses. Give us that spirit that refuses to take on offenses. May we want to keep relationships strong. And our goal, Lord, is to be in this relationship with you it, at even a closer level than what we've been on. So draw us near to you. Help us to be these people that continue to bridge relationships together in our very own homes, Lord. May our families not get split because of political views, opposing views, various perspectives. That's what the devil wants. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy relationships. But you came to breathe life into our relationships. So can you do that right now, Lord? Even though we have differences, may our common goal be delighting in you. And that's what draws us near one another. It's when you are the center of everything. And you are our starting point. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And we all said together, amen. Amen. I pray that for you and your family. And as we move into this next season, watch what God does. Because he's the master at building bridges. Uh, right after service, we're going to continue. And uh, if you have any questions, we can, we can tackle that. But I pray that you would have a blessed day. We're going to conclude with this song. Thank you, Pastor Ben, for leading us. And it's basically simple. With God, he's going to make a way possible because we're here for him. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day.